Welcome to Tamimi Talks, an insightful podcast series on the latest legal news and developments across the Middle East and North Africa. Hello everyone, my name is Richard Catling and I'm a partner in the corporate finance practice at Altamimi and I'm joined today by my colleague uh, Inji Darwish and we are both um, have a long track record of advising um, family businesses in the region uh, in terms of many aspects uh, of their corporate um, structures and governance um, and in this particular episode of Tamimi Talks, we're going to be discussing what corporate good, good corporate governance means for family businesses in particular, uh, and how businesses are best directed, managed, and controlled. So, um, with with that in mind, I thought it'd be useful to set the scene in in so far as um, quite often when we uh, uh, initially are introduced to a family, um, the business has grown organically over a number of years, and the heads of the family come to advisors such as ourselves to consider how best these family businesses can be restructured, both from a legal structuring point of view with a view to ensuring that good uh, succession planning is in place, but also quite often it's an opportune moment to think about how good corporate governance can really make a difference between a well-ordered and managed business that will have a, a, a good prospect of surviving the um, flux, if you like, of um, the passage from one founder to family members who uh, are going to have to take over after after that person is no longer uh, able to do what he's done for probably many decades, which is to run a business single-handedly, or at least had a hand on the tiller, as it were, for a significant period of time. So when we're looking at how best to organize um, and, and advise a business who's looking at a, to transition and, and structure themselves for such a, a transition, there's quite a few aspects that we, we would ordinarily look at. And one of those is the sort of legal structure of a business uh, to ensure that the appropriate corporate arrangements are in place in terms of a holding structure uh, and a pro- proper stratification of a business and assets allocation, etc., is all, all there to in, in ensure that the structure of the business itself is on a sound footing. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, this is nearly always a great opportunity for businesses to and for family owners of businesses to look at the corporate governance mechanisms and processes that are in place, or perhaps even aren't in place, uh, and, and use it as an opportunity to say, well, what can we do uh, to ensure that the best practice in, 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 the, in the form of good corporate governance is in place? Because when you're going to make a, 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 you know, a very significant change to how the business is ordered and structured, then clearly it's no good having a legal structure in place if the people and the uh, processes are not there to ensure that the business is actually stewarded uh, and that the right decisions are taken by the right people. Um, so with, with that in mind, Inji, I mean, when we're thinking about corporate governance, you know, what, what exactly are we really talking about and what are the sort of you know, general aspects that, that we would want to advise a family on uh, to ensure, you know, as I say, that that, that good go- corporate governance process is in place? Yeah. So first of all, um, I believe there is no one size fit all model to all family members. So each family is uh, is unique. It's an own way. 
So it's always recommended uh, for each family to undergo a thorough analysis of their dynamics, the nature of the business, the, the needs and values and strategies, and what they want to achieve first prior to setting um, a good corporate governance for their business. But in all cases, uh, what a family wants to achieve is to ensure that there is harmony between family members and there is also continuity of the business. And having that in mind, uh, a well-structured framework where you have the different organs of the business, um, you have clear sets of responsibilities and delegation of authority between the governing body is key. So um, you have the board has the necessary power and authority to run the business, direct the business, manage the business, and also enough power and authority to delegate tasks and responsibilities to executives and escalate important and high-level um, decisions to the shareholders and have them integrated in the business as well. So also you need to have the right people in the right positions. The right people is not necessarily external members or family members. The right people like the people with the adequate set of skills and qualification who could add to the business and um, and help the business grow and develop and improve. So once you have the right people in the right position and you have the mechanics that allow you to have the right people in the right position, you are in the right direction. Because I think that's one of the you know idiosyncrasies, isn't it, of a family business is that unlike a um, you know a, a business that maybe a, a listed company, for example, clearly you have two competing factions, if you like, or at least if it's not run well, potentially two competing factions, because you have the family members yes. and you have the professionals that are employed in the business to ensure that it runs in the right way. And of course, that's, you know, always the sort of push and pull that, you know, the, the, the slightly internal warfare can potentially develop. Ultimately, you know, you would expect the family members to have, have control. But, but I think a well organized and institu institutionalized set of corporate governance procedures are going to enfranchise the professionals to actually be in the right place to take the right decisions and clearly in a in a board structure which is you know nine times out of ten how corporate governance uh, and companies are organized you have a board there's the opportunity to involve the appropriate people from the family whilst also ensuring that professionals are there in executive positions and also of course the opportunity to involve independent directors who in non-executive roles are able to add some experience um, and um, you know added value to a business so I mean in particular you know if you think about a board clearly in the life cycle of any business you want them to be able to run things on a day-to-day -day basis without undue influence from um, the family members but then at the same by the same token there are going to be some occasions where you know the family members are definitely going to need to be involved and really the best way to ensure that that's the case is in proper documentation to ensure that uh, everyone knows the lines of communication are there between family and and the board and also the board understands the framework in which it's able to operate um, and the family conversely knows that as long as the board operates within that framework, then uh, it can get on it with its job and the family can only become involved at the you know really important moments. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Richard. And I also believe that uh, it's very important to have the family members integrated in the, in the business, integrated in the 
decision-making process and in the management because they start developing a sense, a sense of ownership and responsibility. They don't feel distant from the business. They feel responsible to ensure the business continuity and the business growth as well. So when also the family members get integrated in, in, in the whole process, uh, is always in the, in, in the best interest of the business and the family as well. Indeed. And so thinking about some indicators of, of, of good governance and what potentially that could look like when you're thinking about family members. What, what, what does that look like to you? Uh, I believe like the first sign is that there is no sense of entitlement with, uh, for, for family members. It's based, you have an environment based on merit and fair opportunities. Uh, not because you're a family member, you become by default uh, part of the management. Uh, You become involved in in the management of the company once you have the adequate set of skills and a qualification that would have an added value to the business. So you have um, a mechanism that allows that only the right people uh, are part of the management and are part of the executive team and not only based on the fact that you're a family member as well. But also giving an avenue, like a pathway for these people who are showing promise to be able to come in and to add that additional value because, you know, unless you've had that opportunity, if you don't know that opportunity is there, you're not necessarily going to feel enfranchised. So in terms of, um, you know, tips and advice, I mean, I think from my perspective, I'd probably say that um, processes and procedures in the terms of the documentation, don't have to be complicated. They can be. It very much depends, as you said initially, um, on the type of business and and how large the family is and what industry the family is involved in. Loads of different factors can dictate what a good set of corporate governance rules and processes can look like. But the important thing is, is for everyone to understand them, for them to be clear and communicable both between family members and the professionals that are going to be involved in the business. Uh, and and I think maybe, as you said, you know, also make them unique for that business in particular. Exactly. So as, as like the first step is that the family needs to understand the dynamics between the different family members and the values, what exactly they're trying to achieve. And most importantly, engage um, people with the adequate experience who can help them achieve uh, proper corporate governance for the family and for their business as well. Uh, as prior to uh, having a final manual uh, for the business and the family. Exactly, exactly. Well, I, I think that's also a, um, a very quick run through of what good corporate governance could look like. And obviously, you know, in terms of how we're advising clients, we're having regular conversations around this topic because, as I said, in any large uh, or small restructuring of any type of business, this really is one of the key components that we need to look at and, and to advise upon. Thank you, everyone, for listening in, and um, we look forward to speaking to you again in the next edition of Tamimi Talks. Thank you for listening to Tamimi Talks. Stay updated with all the latest legal news and developments on our social media channels.